This is the Blue Ready. This is the Breakfast Vibe Show. Our guest is already in studio with us. How is your morning? Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. Welcome. Uh, uh, kindly introduce yourself. Who are you and what do you do? And my name is Haita uh, Misa. Mm-hmm. And I'm a youth advocate mm-hmm. and a GPV champion. Uh-huh. Advocating against gender-based violence. All right. So take us through... Your journey. How did you start advocacy? And my advocacy campaign. When my advocacy started, when I joined and I started an organization called Future Pillars Organization. It's a CBO, mm-hmm. a community-based organization. Mm-hmm. And the cases of GPV has been rampant in Bita constituency and Nyali mm-hmm. since uh, I'm working with the Office of the Women Rep. Mm-hmm. I started to focus on advocacy advocacy against gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what made you what inspired you to even start the CBO in the first place? Like what was that pain point that made you think, okay, this is a problem and I need to, and I am the person to solve this. And the pain point is being a youth. Mhm. I've seen how the fellow youths think when it comes to solving community problems. Mm-hmm. We all shy away from community problems. Mm-hmm. And we believe that our voices are not heard. Mm-hmm. And, and for a while, mm-hmm. just not gender-based violence, but other societal issues. Mm-hmm. And you see the crime cases on drug abuse. But mm-hmm. you see that the, the youths are not vocal about it. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized that and we must have a collective responsibility when it comes to addressing these issues as youth also. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought it's time for youth to take up responsibility and talk about these issues in our community because none none if not if it's not us mm-hmm. nobody will talk about them. Yeah. So that's how the issue of the the idea of the CBO started. Mhm. And uh, when you started it, uh, how did it come to life? Because you can have an idea, because most people have ideas, mm-hmm. but the implementation is always the problem. It's not easy. Uh-huh. Because I remember when we started, we had, a, we had our first meeting. We had 20, 21 members who attended the meeting. We discussed the way forward. How By members, should. you mean... Uh, what do you mean by members? Did you go mobilize people first and then they decided, okay, maybe we can join this thing? Or how did they come to be members? You see, when you start anything, the, yeah. first, the first people who support you are friends and family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So most of them were friends. Mm-hmm. We came together and discussed how we can take this thing forward mm-hmm. and how we can organize ourselves. And we started... But till today, you find that the organization is being run by myself. Mm-hmm. So it's not easy. It's not easy. The implementation part is just taking advices from people who are already in the community doing these things. Mm-hmm. People are, who are fellow champions, mm-hmm. they guide you, they show you the way forward. Mm-hmm. And that's how I think the CBO has come to life. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, there are points where I want to, uh, you're really jumping. <laughs> I yeah. don't want just to go back. Um, it, 
you've had maybe your first meeting you've said 21 members yeah and um what's the next step after this meeting do you start going to how do you reach to the masses to the other youth and uh, the society at large and uh, in what ways did did you move you know which which ways did you okay to stand up kwa this and this youth and tell them about this you know people people some people ask people to just come maybe for something that like a baraza or something yeah. a meet up or some people go and meet people in the streets and talk to them randomly just like that so ta- uh, take us through there now you've done your first uh, meeting and what next after that how did you start reaching out to people and what was the perception by the society and at first we were dealing with gpv cases or the cbo as a whole advocacy against and quality education mm-hmm. or advocating for quality education mm-hmm. and quality healthcare yes and the approach at first was and talking to the masses directly by having sit- meetings or barazas as you have said mm. and and training programs whereby we talk about the issues we try to understand the why of the situation mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. how it can be solved but then and then we came to the policy level whereby we said who can we work with the stakeholders to make the proper policies and and i think the main achievement and what i'm trying to achieve at this point is how can we have the youth from let's say we are advocating for quality education in maweni primary school mm-hmm. how do we get the youth in that area taking up the responsibility instead of me being there and advocating for it how can we have the youth in maweni mm-hmm. advocating for that that's when the idea of the youth councils youth forming youth councils in each ward came up mm-hmm. and currently we have a youth council in mkomani and we have a youth council in kazandani mm-hmm. so we have that approach whereby we want the youth it's actually what i've titled the program to be was leadership development program mm-hmm. where i want to develop the youth to take up responsibility of leadership in their communities and then work with them to advocate for the societal issues or economic issues in their community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, how many programs are there and you've said that the youth are the ones to take up the responsibility in their respective wards. Like yeah. you don't have to go there. Yeah. there there's someone who's already doing it. Yeah. You're just maybe overseeing, right? Uh how many wards have you been able to incorporate um the youth into the leadership program or how many youths in currently we have two two youth councils mm-hmm. in Kazandani and Komani mm-hmm. and what i do is i usually take 20 youths mm-hmm. each 10 8 10 female male 10 10 and then i make sure that there are two representatives from the people with disability ah yeah oh and that brings the question of the criteria how do you choose these 20 people because there are many youths in that uh, word so how how do i know if i'm going to get chosen or not and at first you know in each community you find that there are vocal leaders who are there so it's just about doing a scope 
look at the community mm-hmm. see who is able to help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve mm-hmm. and then when you bring on board like five youth leaders mm-hmm. and then they identify other youth leaders mm-hmm. so that's oh. how that's how you get a connection whereby a network of youth leaders who are all that new to you but within the community mm-hmm. if you ask around you get to realize that each one that you have picked is well established in that community as a leader mm-hmm. now uh when we talk about youth advocacy what are some of the challenges that you have uh with uh, during your interactions with the youth you have highlighted as uh, key problems um that affect the youth and how have you been able to mitigate them and the key challenges of any youth in mm-hmm. Kenya yeah. at this moment is unemployment mm-hmm. and coming to the community level community problems we have access to healthcare and <clears throat> youth friendly services at the healthcare mm-hmm. so you know for advocacy we don't have much power yeah as in the, the and the best we can do is working with stakeholders and that is working with the area mca mm-hmm. with respective and ministries mm-hmm. in the national government and the county government mm-hmm. so the best we can do is just make our voices to be heard mm-hmm. and the challenge is always there whereby you feel like there's a point you feel like you're you don't have the power to carry on mm-hmm. and you just want to let it go but the more you keep on pushing is when you get to realize that and as youths when we come together collectively we can uh, have a transformational change in Kenya mm-hmm. because clearly 75% of the Kenyan population at this moment is the youth mm-hmm. so it's high time for the youth to stand up for themselves Mhm. Kiranke, you've had he said uh, healthcare. Mm-hmm. That's that's why your issue of suppliers come in. Yeah. Who tell him your <laughs> issue? <laughs> <laughs> uh for me and uh, I know most of uh, youths are uh, already they are out and I believe they can't see this but uh, the issue of uh, contraceptives no yeah. uh kama saizi ko mambo nayo imekatwa kabisa supply because the government is not even supplying it and uh for me was asking for example something like that how would you deal with it maybe kuambia you know it's something that affect most of the youth but hawezi sema you know that maybe they don't have those contraceptives and uh, these things are happening and uh, they need to be protected So maybe how do you handle maybe situations like this then? Mm, you know as I've said eh, mm-hmm. the best we do is work with stakeholders. Mm-hmm. You know when we are talking of contraceptives is we ask the question mm-hmm. why are they not there? Mm-hmm. When you see that it's a problem from the national government mm-hmm. through the Ministry of Health maybe. Mm-hmm. How can we talk with our area MC mm-hmm. maybe advocate for it from the county assembly mm-hmm. and try to see that You know the good thing about devolution is we have a chain of maybe command or leadership mm-hmm. so it's all about trying to make sure that our voices are heard maybe mm-hmm. ask for, ask for it mm-hmm. and that's the best we can do mm-hmm. Kirangi, now you have raised your issue i hope the, yeah. uh, isa is going to look into it <laughs> <laughs> no uh, talking of uh, gender based uh, violence eh? 
there's someone who is listening there who doesn't know what is gender-based violence and uh kindly can you maybe elaborate and uh be tell us uh how why is it an important topic to talk about it in the community and gender-based violence mm-hmm. and i usually call it a pandemic because it's a hidden pandemic mm-hmm. because from the statistics that i usually share it's one in three women that you meet you get to realize that they are either physically assaulted or or just intimate partner violence mm-hmm. so gender based violence is any act of violence and physically financially emotionally mm-hmm. psychologically so these are things that are there na it's hard to talk about it you know in our communities at times because you find that the husband beats up the wife and love you are told that do not involve yourself in family issues mm-hmm. so these are things that we usually advocate for and it's a serious thing and we have cases whereby you find that fathers kill their daughters or their sons and we just want to understand why is it happening mm-hmm. how does it reach to a point whereby a father is able to kill his children and then kill his wife and then commit suicide you know these are issues in Kenya that we take them for granted at times because you see them at the stories and then people laugh about it you know yeah. thinking so it's not you it's not you but yeah. these things are it's serious mm-hmm. and that's why we usually put a lot of efforts in advocacy against gpv mm-hmm. okay uh have you ever come across any of the cases and uh, how did you handle it and i think the last case that i responded to was the one in bombululu where the father had burnt down the house with two children mm-hmm. and he later on committed suicide so the best we can do again as a community based organization is just give psychological support talk to the family see where we can assist them and in partnership with the office of the women rep mm-hmm. honorable mama zamzam mm-hmm. and we had a sit down came up with a need assessment and we realized that the the survivor one of the girls there were three, three children one of the girls had to go back to school and we oh. ensured that she went back to school mm-hmm. so these are cases you know like for example the bombululu case mm-hmm. where such things happen you find that even the survivors cannot continue or live their life normally again mm-hmm. because of the trauma you see that the child who has lost two children by the father killing the children mm-hmm. then burning down the house mm-hmm. so you can think about how it affects even the coming generation mm-hmm. so the best we did was just did a need assessment and then gave financial support to the children and family mm-hmm. and relocated them to a to a good house yeah and do you still follow the cases like for example like that case the bombululu case is it now that you sorted them out uh uh she went through psychology uh did she go through therapy and again what we did was we have referral pathways okay yeah we referred them to tononoka mm-hmm. and gpv center center yeah and i think that's where she, they got the most 
support from psychologically uh-huh. with the trauma support mm-hmm. yeah wow so now that you've talked about uh the tononoka center how do you make sure or which are some of other organizations that you collaborate with in the course of trying to create awareness and eradicate uh, gender-based violence and there are organizations that are there sauti mm-hmm. anawake mm-hmm. and we have sauti anawake that we have sat down with on policy level mm-hmm. not on ground level mm-hmm. so these are stakeholders yeah organizations haki africa mm-hmm. and mahuri but we don't i have our organization hasn't collaborated with them in any on community level mm-hmm. and we also have uzalendo africa so those are organizations that are there mm-hmm. on policy level but on ground level most of the time i've found myself to be alone together with sauti anawake oh. oh what do you mean by on policy level like when you guys are making policies when you're on the table trying to say okay this is how we're going to do things when you go to the ground and then on the ground everyone goes on their own yeah on you know advocacy for me it's divided maybe into two mm-hmm. because and you know we can have an advocacy whereby we go to the ground to create awareness uh-huh you create awareness you talk to the community through barazas and we have whereby you look at the policies that are there mm-hmm. and then you see how does does it favor or how does it try to control whatever that we're dealing with mm-hmm. you know through the referral pathways you can find maybe the justice system is broken or maybe you know for example we had the policy that was supposed to be introduced by the national government mm-hmm. whereby the gender desk officer is supposed to be there once a gpv victim is brought to the center mm-hmm. and follow up with it with paralegal team and all that and it hasn't been established or implemented yet mm-hmm. so we follow up with that also through different organizations mm-hmm. yeah Whoa. so that's on policy level all right so in the whole journey of advocacy what are some of the challenges that you face as an organization or you have faced as a leader because yeah the organization can face problems and the leader yeah. is still facing his own problems yeah. <laughs> you know and as a leader sometimes you you feel the burnout mm-hmm. you see because we are not employed to do this this is something that we have taken up uh, as a as a responsibility mm-hmm. because you feel like the community needs you yeah it's a sort of calling yes you feel it yeah so the challenges are there mm-hmm. and mostly i think the main challenge that i've ever faced is as a leader yeah is the burnout following up with cases and listening to different cases whereby you feel like there's a lot that you want to do but you don't have the power to do yeah. it yeah yeah uh-huh. and as an organization mostly again as a cbo is funding mm-hmm. because you feel like you want to create so much awareness that the whole world gets to know about it but you don't have the funding to do that mm-hmm. and carrying out the barazas I think uh, j- just normal baraza will cost you 20,000 30,000. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine how much funding you will need to or the proper budget that you will need to have proper awareness done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um so how do you what pushes you 
when in times for example in times you have a burnout and you're thinking eh i have done everything i've done with this organization have you ever thought of maybe it's time to pull out maybe it's time for me to put it aside kidogo focus on other things it will come back later or something like that <laughs> and as i've said you know when you have a vision and you have a calling you feel like it's possible again you know the the fact that you feel the possibility of you carrying out and or having these issues being addressed by you and then you feel like there is the possibility that someone will hear you out mm. gives you the energy to carry on always and and you know the support from the community also oh. you know when you go to a community and then you feel you see the smiles of the people and then they tell you ah what is idea you have done this you have done that mm-hmm. that's what keeps you going because you know that you are impacting people's life yeah and i think that's the main source of energy for what i'm doing right now mm-hmm. is the community once you get that from the community and they always keep you pushing others as in people they will just text you out of nowhere kiongozi vipi hatujakuona ground for too long oh. when are you coming mm-hmm. and then you get to realize that okay this is now what you have been thinking about and you should carry on yeah yeah it's great so what are some of uh, the achievements that you can point out and say this is uh the future pillars this is the work of future pillars and this is what we have done in this community and current i think the achievements that that, that i'm proud of is having uh, another youth councils Mm-hmm. launching the youth councils and then making sure that they are working and common youth council was launched by by the organization and the area mca mm-hmm. and the advocacy at maweni dispensary uh-huh. i feel it was successful because we took the area mca for a fact finding mission to the dispensary mm-hmm. and then a few weeks later we had that the the dispensary was well stocked with medicine again oh so even that was something that the community was proud of and they felt happy about and then they realized that their voices can be heard mm-hmm. and that's where mukomani youth council now has a strong voice and the leaders are united to make sure that they are able to advocate for any other societal issue mm-hmm. and kazandani we have two two youth groups and that are doing west collection and creative creative arts and the, it's their own initiative but I'm trying to support them and it's working well so I think I can be proud of those two achievements wow take us i feel like the youth council is doing a lot take us through what they do on maybe a daily basis or just the outlook of what they do they do advocacy man the youth council is mostly advocacy uh-huh. it's all about the issue of how do we solve our own problems if it's drainage if it's an crime if it's an maybe how do we find employment opportunities for for the youths in mkomani so they have different programs that they usually do mm-hmm. which we supervise or which i personally get involved with for example for the maweni dispensary one we were together we wrote a report the initial report 
to the area MCA whereby we addressed all the issues that the dispensary was facing. Mm-hmm. And the good thing was the MCA agreed to join us for a fact-finding mission mm-hmm. to the dispensary. And it was the first time that the area MCA of Mokomani, since devolution, an MCA went to the dispensary to go and look at what was going on. So that's how powerful a youth council can be. You know, youth-led initiatives around the world are already doing enough. Mm-hmm. You know, the movements, the advocacy campaigns that they do, and you get to see that a youth-led initiative can bring down a whole government. Yeah. Or it can make a policy be implemented in the parliament. So why can't we not have that perspective when it comes to our own country? Mm-hmm. Whereby you see that 75% again is the Kenyan, of the Kenyan population is youth. So it's all about just reigniting the spark whereby you tell them tunaanza fanya hii. Unajua I usually tell them kwa matatu when the driver is there when is over speeding wao naambiwa ambia dereva apeleke pole pole. Mhm chukua hatua. Chukua hatua yeah. Yeah. But now the government is being driven by leaders. Mhm. Sindio? Yeah. Now how do we chukua hatua? Mhm. You see yeah. how do we tell them that okay you're over speeding you will kill us. Mm-hmm. because whatever that they do as leaders is how it not, it's not even about us we ask ourselves now the next generation that is coming yes you get to see that the health issues are not being discussed uh-huh. health centers mm-hmm. education is all about just having teachers in classes teaching when you look at the student to teacher ratio when you look at the doctors to patient ratio in, the, in Kenya so we have a lot of issues that will be addressed as a youth council so we have a lot to do certain kitu yenye tumeanza na itasimama okay yeah. isa here mm? alishinda pale award moja murua mm-hmm. mm? where how did it feel by the way before even i say <laughs> what the award is all about and it really felt nice mm-hmm. you know as i've said the issue of being in the community and then you feel like you're not doing enough mm-hmm. and then when you get to the spotlight knowing that you've won the best community based organization leader mm-hmm. you feel like okay your work is being seen now wow so last week during the uh, Mombasa Youth Awards uh Isa won the best community based organization leader and um congratulations thank you wow it's it seems people are recognizing the work that you have done and uh, i know that kind of gives you the morale to continue Yeah. Wow. Uh what is uh the future roadmap of um future pillars? And what I want to achieve by the end of three years is ensure that we have youth councils all across Nyali constituency. Mm-hmm. And Kazandani Mkomani are now established. Mm-hmm. Just giving them enough tools to make the advocacy work to be serious or well. Mm-hmm. And we have Kongwea, we have Ziwa Langombe and Freer Town. Mm-hmm. And the thing is in different communities we have different societal problems. So it's just about equipping them and trying to find how we can have a collective youth council. Mm-hmm. I think the approach that I want to have towards advocacy is not just one man one man's voice mm-hmm. and it's about having the youth's voice 
all together so i just want to focus on having a youth led movement by the and organization focusing on having the youths coming together on solving their own problems mm-hmm. by the end of 3 years wow so maybe just have talk to the youth out there and uh, give them this one word that would make them ignite their spark or respark again talk to them out there because most of them are out there thinking okay i'm unemployed and i'm just yeah. going to stay just around uh you know but talk to them and maybe just ignite that spark again you know what i believe is and the youths have given up in in their government because the thing is if you see how we usually perceive the government to be we feel that it's the downfall of all our problems because ukiuliza kijana like who's causing your problems anakombeni serikali you see so what i want to tell them is and have the belief that we are going to have good leadership and leadership begins with you it doesn't begin with the government or it doesn't begin with another individual so the thing is what i want to tell them is just have the hope that we can have a transformational change if we want it to be there because most of the youth we have given up we have seen that okay this is what god has put us in and this is the end of it mm-hmm. but usually in quran or in my religion it said no soul is overburdened beyond what it can carry so this is situation that we are in it doesn't it doesn't warrant you to fall into drug abuse it doesn't warrant you to go and commit crime for you to earn something mm-hmm. that's not the way that the religion wants us to be the religion wants us to have hope yeah and you see reigniting reigniting the spark is usually just making the youth believe that yes we can mm-hmm. so it's possible so whatever that you think of or the visions that we have as youth mm-hmm. and let us not kill it off yeah because at the end of the day when you see the light at the end of the tunnel don't focus on the darkness so we just want to remove the darkness at the moment and focus on the light well take take responsibility as a youth yeah. to change your life when it, i think when you change your life you actually change everything else everything around else you. because the reason why i say that is eh, when uh, we were forming the youth council in kazandani mm-hmm. what i noticed was i saw 18 to 21 year old young men and women boys and girls who are seeing what i was seeing you know the way they were talking is how by the way kazandani youth council was the youth council that gave me hope to also carry on because that's when i realized that there are youth who are seeing what i'm seeing because they've already established themselves they have a garbage collection system going on they collect garbage house to house and they earn revenue and they want to expand so it's all about now giving them the resources to expand mm-hmm. now how does the government come in to support these people who are already taking up leadership in themselves to carry on mm-hmm. so you see when we have this type of this group of youth around mm-hmm. yeah 
It's all about ensuring now how can we have this group of youth across all our community. True. Yeah. True. True. Wow, that is great. Uh, kindly, as we wind up, um, what, uh, which are your social media handles? Um, in as you as a person and as the organization. And for the organization, and we have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's all written future, future underscore CBO. Mm -hmm. And for Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And personal personal is Haitam underscore Isa. Haitam underscore Isa. On Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Right. It's the same. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for gracing our studios today. You're we welcome. have uh, given us insightful, insightful, insightful uh, messages. And uh, we want to congratulate you again and again for winning your award. And we will be here to see you win. Thank and you. to see the youth of Nyali and Mombasa at large win. And we hope to see future pillars going all overboard even into the whole world. Who knows? Thank you. You're listening to Blue Radio, bringing the vibe.